our interview with Louis Legere. In this episode, we talk about his future book, his future aspirations, and how he's proud to call himself a Latino. Um, explain to us about the children's book. Uh, I'm interested in that. How uh, how is that process like? Started as an essay for my English class, and uh, I, I I'm in a the ACE program, uh, so you, you might be familiar with it. You might not. ACE English, and uh, they tasked me with uh, a, a writing a story about a kid who looks up at the moon from his uh, from his window, and um, at first I was like, I got this. This is easy. 60 minutes go back, uh, 60 minutes go by, and uh, I looked down at my paper, and I have written uh, uh, all, my entire essay in Dr. Seuss rhymes. And uh, I don't know what was happening to my brain, um, but I could only think in rhymes, and I didn't get to fully complete the exam. So as you can imagine, that wasn't fun. My teacher was like, I I'm usually a good writer, and my teacher was like, what happened to you? And I was like, I don't know, I could only think in rhymes, it was, it was bad. And um, I told her jokingly, you know, I'll make a children's book out of this. And she, she sort of laughed and uh, uh, we went about our, our year. And uh, December comes around. I've been working on it on and off. I'd already talked to Colson about illustrating it if I was to write it. At one, one day in January, inspiration struck. I stayed up all night. I completely scrapped my copy. I kept an original idea. I scrapped what I had done. I, I drafted it from zero. and. Um, it's a beautiful story about a boy named Carter who dreams about visiting his mom in the moon. Uh, and it gets really confusing because people think his mom is dead, but really his mom's just an astronaut. Um, and uh, I, that for me, that was a priority that the mom was the astronaut and not the dad. Uh, because, you know, I, I wanted to show, first of all, yes, women can be astronauts too. And uh, uh, second of all, my, my mom, I wanted to give a sort of homage to, to my own mom because she, she has always been my number one cheerleader and the person to always tell me that, you know, whatever I can imagine, I can do. So in this situation, Carter gets bullied for thinking he can go to the moon um, in, in, in a paper mache rocket. And um, then uh, it takes off. And uh, it, it's sort of a, an inspiration for the kids who had uh, just been scorning him for, for thinking that he could do it. And uh, they all start dreaming of what they could do uh, if they set their minds to it. It was an important story for me to tell. And it was an original story for me to tell um, about how, first of all, the power of your imagination. And second of all, how you shouldn't let anybody tell you what you can or cannot do when it comes to, you know, your dreams. Um, I'm not saying go do something illegal. Please don't. Um, when it comes to your dreams, don't let anybody tell you what's big and what's small and what you can do and cannot do. So it, 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 it turned out really well. Um, I had a couple of my, uh, a couple of people uh, look over it and edit it, Miss Stocklosa, Tina Stocklosa and uh, Margaret Marchetti, who are both uh, uh, ACE trainers um, uh, from uh, my school. Um, they both teach English and literature. And so um, I had the pleasure of having them edit and, and go over it. And uh, now one of my best friends, Colson, is illustrating it and uh, it will be, published and uh, it'll be on Amazon hopefully the end half of this year. Are you are you gonna um, post it on your social like how can people find out like about your books? When the uh, when the book comes out uh, they'll definitely be all over my social. Um, okay. they'll, they'll probably be 
some sort of Insta page just for the book or website page just for the book. Um, it's untitled uh, still um, because I, I really just wanted to have the whole thing together before I could decide on the title. I wanted to see the illustrations. Um, but um, you, I, I, I will reach out and let you guys know as well. It, it, I am excited. I think it will be done halfway uh, the end of, of this year. How has be, um, being a part of R2L Next Gen impacted you? And do you recommend others also participate in that? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, I was part of the R2L Next Gen program um, last summer, last July, with the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute. So, I'm a CHCI alumni. Um, it, it, it is a wonderful community. Uh, it was an amazing experience. I mean, the, you know, go, going into it, I was really looking forward to the networking in Washington, D.C. That was uh, my sort of number one priority. And uh, thankfully, I did quite well on that. But I got so much more out of that program. Uh, after I came out of the program, it was when I, you know, was starting to feel comfortable with uh, expressing um, being unapolog uh, unapologetically Latino, um, because for many reasons, I'd felt for a very long time like either I wasn't supposed to be Latino because of the way I look or, or the way I speak or, um, you know, other aspects of my personality um, or, or, or that I, uh, I, you know, that people would associate the, uh, the Latino aspect of the success um, because I, I would be uncomfortable with hearing something like, oh, well, you know, uh, the Latino CEO of uh, the Walt Disney Company or whomever, you know, the Latino this, I, I would certainly be uncomfortable with, with hearing that, even though um, I realize now that it is sort of necessary because there is a Latino kid somewhere who might be struggling with similar, um, you know, a, a white looking Latino kid uh, like myself that might be struggling through similar feelings. And um, for me, R2L Next Gen really made me see that it was not only okay, but that it was necessary, that I was very proud of, of being Latino. And that has just strengthened my bond with the Latino community, with my home country of El Salvador. It has uh, strengthened my, my personal self, my self-identity. Um, and uh, it, it, it really has been a journey that was really started because of my discussions at R2L Next Gen and because of my friends that I made at R2L Next Gen, and I have to shout out Ella, and I have to shout out Ashley, and uh, all of all, all of my class because they were all amazing, and they all helped me through the self discovery process. Um, and uh, uh, it was really a transformative experience. It, very I, I, different than DDA. Uh, obviously, it, it was a different component, but nonetheless was just as much of life-changing and transformative to be in a room with uh, uh, that, that many people who were not only proud uh, to be Latinos uh, and, and who were showing it very much unapologetically, but also people who were driven to success. And then there's obviously the aspect that you're, you know, in the U.S. Capitol, uh, which is great. Um, you have a whole week in, in, in Washington, D.C., and uh, you get to learn all about how our government works and our legislative process works. 
And um, I think it's important for every citizen to be educated on how our system, our government is, how it works, and um, how you can help impact it. We had important discussions um, that were really, really helped contribute to building your own, uh, your own, you know, opinions on, on certain topics, not necessarily just abiding or siding by a party or, or by an idealism, but rather uh, being a little bit critical thinking and independent on the way you, you, you made up your own arguments for, uh, for certain topics. Um, I participated in mock Congress, which is always fun. Um, and we had really important discussions on stuff that I was, and I still very much am very, very passionate for, like uh, gun control, like migration, like mental health reform, um, things that uh, have impacted my community greatly uh, as, a, a, as, a, as a member of a, a, you know, a high schooler in Broward County when Marjorie Stoneman Douglas happened, which is my, my, pretty much my sister's school. You know, um, our rivals would be Western and uh, the sort of brother school is uh, uh, Stoneman. Um, that, that was really one of my priorities going to DC was what can I do to help? And uh, I learned about a lot. I learned a lot about what I could do to help not only gun control but mental health reform, and uh, and combining both things because they're both important to help stop uh, uh, terrible strategies throughout the country. Um, and I, I learned a lot about that uh, at CHCI. So I am very grateful for the experience. I will, you know, I'm I look forward to continue working with uh, my alumni community down here in Miami. Um, and as well as in Washington, possibly doing a fellowship in the future with them. Uh, I love my CHCI fam, and I would definitely encourage absolutely anyone who is interested in the political process, um, anybody who wants to network, anybody who is a Latino and perhaps wants to feel more comfortable or more motivated to do whatever they want to do, um, to apply and attend uh, the R2L Next Gen program. Um, so there's actually a couple of things that I want to like branch off of what you just said was you mentioned you um, at first wasn't comfortable with the idea of being labeled as a Latino, um, for example, Disney CEO. Um, and I definitely uh, understand that. Like, uh, that's how I felt like if for any program that I would have been in, it would be like, oh, deaf girl, you know, whatever. But I learned over time, like you said, it's very important to be proud of, you know, who, who we are and to show others that, um, you know, it it is, yes, it is who we are, but at the same time, it's what empowers you, it's what makes you stronger. Knowing that, but it's also a community as well. And so you get to inspire that community and show that, um, yes, you can become a leader and that nothing is impossible. So um, I thought it was so interesting that your Instagram was a future CEO of Disney. <laughs> so um, when I told, I'm not going to say who I told, but when I told an adult about like, hmm. oh, I'm interviewing somebody that who inspires to be a Disney CEO, their first reaction was like, oh, okay, like, you know, that's not going to happen. And I feel like um, to add to that, adults, I feel like we all always feel underestimated. And I'm so thankful that, like, we're empowering each other. We're building each other up because without that, I don't think we'd be able to get as far as where we are today. So, yay, teen leaders. Yay, teen leaders. We are not, we are not only the future, but we are the present. Oh. Hey, oh. Okay. Like, oh. She has spoken. Really she has spoken. To you know, to your point, um, 
it's not the first time I would have to deal with um, anybody scorning what I want to do. It's it, it definitely not the last time I'm going to have to deal with that. Um, I think I don't care much for the haters. Um, I walk very proud with my head up high about who I want, who I am, and who I want to be, uh, and what I want to do with my life. Um, I think that a lot of people who know me close know how important and how passionate I am for what I want to do. And that really, I think, helps set apart um, my desire to, to be CEO from perhaps somebody else who is more power driven. Uh, I'm not there for power. I'm not there for money. I'm not there uh, for fame. Uh, none of those things interest me in the least. I am there for impact. I am there for passion. I am there for heart.